This is the Employee to Entrepreneur podcast, the podcast for the family man who's looking to escape the rat race. So if you're a husband or a father and you're looking to leave your nine to five so that you can spend more time with your family or give them a better life, then you're in the right place. I made this podcast for you because I am you. I'm your host, Brendan Ryan, and today I'm joined by a special guest, CJ The Closer. I'm very excited to have him because he is a family man, a husband and a father, a salesman and an entrepreneur, so he's perfect for this podcast. And today we're going to talk about what most business owners get wrong with regards to sales in their business. Brandon, what's happening, man? Happy to be here, brother. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. You caught my eye on Instagram with what you're doing with your daughter, especially um, teaching her sales and all that. I think that's really, really cool. And people need to check that out. But we'll tell them all about that probably a little bit later in the episode. So CJ, can you tell us about yourself? How did you get into sales? Uh, what's going on in your life? Man, brother. So first of all, man, thank you so much for being here, man. And thank you for having me. I think this is amazing what you're doing and just happy to be on the on the podcast. But I feel like I've been doing sales all my life. I mean, my mom, you know, jokingly used to call me a con artist. <laughs> and what she was actually saying is I do have a way with influence and how I use my, you know, my charismatic um just, I don't know, I guess you could say the charm. I don't know what it's called, man, but um, I just always had a way with people. I love people and I can seem to get people to do something that's in the good for them. So if it's in the good for them and green light for them, why not get into something that can help to serve people a little bit better? And hey, man, that's how I got here uh, today. So you're a natural born closer then? Man, you know, it's funny. I know you say natural born closer, but I think the only people that are born or babies, right? <laughs> That's the the joke I actually say, man. So, but honestly, I just had this um this knack uh, ever since I was a child, and just always having people to, I don't know, want to move forward and just do things in their life that needed that little bit of guidance and that push. That's where I came in at. So, I mean, I guess you can say that, but you know, I like to say I was developed. That's what I like to say. A lot of work went behind this, man. So, I mean, people may be more outgoing, or they may be more you know, influential in their friend group, but right. selling and closing are skills that you can most definitely develop, even if you have zero signs of being a, a natural closer. So yeah, man, I guess that's just my gift. Absolutely. I totally agree. Modern sales, the consultative sell selling, just, you know, asking questions and helping people come to their own conclusions about how to help themselves is something I really believe anybody can do. But so how did you find yourself in sales? Did you do something before sales or you, did you jump right in right after high school or how, what's the journey there? Man, brother, what a great question. It's almost like how I, I kind of started my company. Um, so check this out. So I basically long, long, long time ago, um, I was recommended by a friend to take a chance and like jump into sales with a company that was, you know, it had kind of high ticket products, but to be transparent with you, Brendan, I was tired of doing the gig jobs. I mean, I was tired of the the Instacarts and the DoorDashes. Like you, you know these uh these gig jobs, don't you? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I got tired of driving all around town, man, delivering food for slave wages. So I just actually wanted more, and I needed to change. So I took a leap of faith and joined the sales team, and I went all into sales and did pretty well. Did pretty well. I never looked back. What was that first sales team? 
man, the first sales team was a solar company I used to work for. So I've done everything from solar to uh, network marketing to personal training to now doing the high ticket closing stuff. I mean, you name it, I've probably done it, man. Probably done it. Yeah, cool. So you got a very broad um, experience base there then. So it was solar door to door? Yes. So solar was door to door. They actually wanted me to come in um, as a closer. And to be honest, to be frank, man, I was like, wait, I don't even know what the difference is between the door to door or the, the closing. So I had to jump in and, you know, kind of teach myself there. But um, I loved it. I really, really loved it. I love being able to be out there and not knowing kind of what they're going to say. But of course, as you develop your skills, man, you develop the power of prediction. So after a while, I started tracking down with these um, clients or these customers would say to me at the door. And I started to kind of figure out different ways on how I can overcome that objection and basically get the closer, which would be me, to set that appointment and come in and close that deal. So um, I loved it. And I would recommend door to door for anybody listening, man. You you need it. I think it's needed in life. So absolutely. Yeah. You'll, you'll develop great, great skills doing that. And then you'll really appreciate doing remote sales. Once you start doing that, you're like, man, this is, this is nice. <laughs> it's a gold mine, man. It's a go- I will never go back. Uh, I will never go back. This uh, transition that I've made to be able to be a high ticket closer and do it from uh, the remote place, man. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't lose. You can't lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. So CJ, you know, you caught my eye obviously because you're in, you're in sales as well and you're on Instagram, you know, posting great content, great reels, but especially because you had this really cool role play with your daughter, Raja. Um, and you're, it seems like you're teaching her sales and entrepreneurship. So she's got Raja Nade, which is lemonade that she creates. Um, and there's a whole, you know, story there and she, she sells it to you and she's a killer, man. Like how old is she, by the way? You know, it's funny. We started when she was six, but she's now seven. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So when did you start teaching her about sales and entrepreneurship? Man, I mean, you know, for one, thanks for the compliment, man. I remember when we uh, when we first did the, you know, the role play with Raja series, uh, she actually asked my wife uh, one night for everything under the sun. And I was listening to this and I said, you know what? I said, that's awesome, baby, that, you know, you want to get this, that and the third. And I'm with you. I understand. Right. I said, but now what are you going to do to produce some income so that way you can get what you want? Like, I literally told her that. So she looked at me. She was like, hmm went to the room, next day happens. And then she said, hey, daddy, I have three ideas. So we looked at our ideas and one of them was a lemonade stand. So check this out, Brandon. Like, I, I really can't make this up. So we went out because we decided on the lemonade stand. We went out and that first weekend, I think she made over $800. So of course, my wife and I are like, that's a fluke for sure. That's a fluke. <laughs> so we go out and like, look, watch, watch this. We go out next weekend. And then the next weekend and then the next weekend and it became her average. So, of course, we opened up an account for her, opened up the LLC and she's been booming ever since, man. And we're extremely proud of her. And it's led to huge opportunities for her. But what I saw, my friend, was the ability to just light up a room. So you and I being in sales, like knowing that charismatic, that people Mm. skills and all the intelligence that she had. I, I mean, I knew it but I saw it in a different capacity. So, I mean, I seriously started working with her because I saw the way that I was able to train her for life and that way she wouldn't even notice it. You know what I'm saying? I know we talked about the door to door. So it was like I had her basically practicing and she didn't even realize what she was doing. So 
And of course, she's homeschooled. So her mom includes things like conscious spending plan um, in her curriculum. She includes the value of money, savings, business ownership. Like Raja knows who Robert Kiyosaki is. It's because she's seen us play cash flow over and over and over again. Oh, wow. Cool. So we're very, yeah, man. So we're just very intentional, uh, you know, when it comes to our lives. Not only that, just intentional when it comes to our kids. But uh, overall, man, teaching kids sales and entrepreneurship and just all the things, man, actually gives them valuable skills that they can actually use. So, I mean, no knock, but I mean, dude, independence, financial literacy, creativity, mm-hmm. problem solving. I mean, you name it, the entrepreneurial, you know, soft skills is way more valuable than these hard skills that I think we learn. And you're probably going to laugh at this joke, but I feel like, you know, we graduated from school and we graduated with a fork, but it's raining soup. So yeah. we're like <laughs> ill prepared for life, man. So I didn't want that to happen to my kids. It's a good joke slash analogy, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you're taught so much stuff, right? And so much of it is quite honestly almost useless. And you realize how many practical skills now that you actually have to learn, like, like, persuasion or influence, right? Or just financial literacy or you name it, all those things that you just said. So that's great. Like, I really want to homeschool my kids too. They're just, they're not school age yet. My oldest one is three. So I'm going to have to steal some of your ideas. Like I need to get that, that cash flow game by Robert Kiyosaki. I've seen that before, but never purchased it. So I think that would be a great, is it something that kids can play? Yeah, there's a kid version as well. But of course, she doesn't want to play the kid version. She wants to play the one that we play. So just teach her how to basically balance checkbook, man, income statement. It's just it's all it's all great. It's cool because she's at the stage of where she's soaking it in. So while she's at that stage, I need to do everything in my power man, to make sure that she soaks up the things that we noticed that we were lacking. We were growing up. So yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's my, my biggest why for wanting to do any of this, uh, you know, the podcast, um, build my businesses, et cetera, is my family, right? Like, because I want to be able to control my time and spend more time with my family, leave something for my family, um, et cetera. And I really, really want to teach my kids just like you're doing. And I think it's so cool. I had no idea, by the way, though, that it was such a success. Like she made $800 the first time she did that from lemonade. That's nuts. Yeah. That's it was so something crazy. that we just together. I was like, what's the name of the flavors? And she was like, um, how about no cooties? I'm like, no cooties. She's like, yeah, no cooties and busybody. And like, we have people driving from Lancaster, people driving from Ontario, LA, everywhere. And they're wrapping around in the line to get her lemonade. So, I mean, she, she's got it. If there's an it, she's got it. So, yeah, it sounds like she's got that charisma gene for sure. That likability. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing, man. And I I think, so what you're doing too, like you're also, it seems like you're also teaching her a kind of the, the personal branding thing that you're doing as well. Is that right? Uh, Yes, sir. I'm trying to teach her the personal branding uh, portion of it. Just trying to make sure that I um, just kind of record and, put out there to the universe, man, the best sides of her. So that way I can open up doors for her. And it's cool because man, on the flip side, she's even helping me too. So it's just awesome to be able to learn something, teach it to her, watch her implement it and then watch people just kind of, you know, light up from it. I, I think it's amazing. So yeah, man, she's, she's got multiple opportunities. Um, she's looking into getting into um, entertainment. So um, we have a couple meetings set up for that. She has a photo shoot coming up. It's just so many great things that I didn't even realize what happened from her making lemonade because she wanted to you know take a, a ballet class or something like that. Right. right yeah man it yeah. sounds like it's blowing up 
So where did you start with the the personal branding side of it? And, you know, I saw the, the the role play and everything, but what made you want to um, teach her that as well? It's a great question, man. So I know for me, um, just basically watching her outside and watching how, you know, you know, it's good. She's cute, you know, little girl. But at the same time, as you know, anytime you're out there selling anything or proposing something, there's going to be some no's. And I saw how she kind of was kind of taken back by the nose and kind of didn't know what to say after that. So I don't know. I just got this idea like, man, why don't I just teach her how to overcome these objections? And since she was so young, I was like, wait a minute, since she's young, this would probably be pretty cool for somebody to watch. So I said, baby, what do you feel or how do you feel rather if I were to record us going over your pitch, record us kind of going over uh, you handling the objections and we can just call it role play with Roger. And she was like, daddy, I love that. If I'm going to get better, yeah, let's do it. So she loves it, man. She's asking me like, when we're going to do it, let's do it again. Daddy, they said this, what do I say when this happens? So it's just kind of cool to see and it creates the bonding, man. And I think that's the most uh, important thing. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's such a cool thing to do with your kids too. It, like, it seems like your life is so integrated that way too, right? Like, cause it, it, you don't have these categories of life now. Now sales is part of what you do with your family. Now personal branding is part of what you do with your family. It's really cool stuff. I love it. Um, it just seems like a very cohesive way to live. Right. So, um, that's great, man. I can't even imagine by the way, like if I was taught, you know, how to handle objections and all that stuff at the age of seven, how natural, like it would be by my age, right? Like how much of a persuasive wizard I might be by now, you know? I'm with you, man. I I said the same thing. And that's why I was like, I have to do this. I have to, because she'll thank me later. And what's great about it is she doesn't even realize what she's doing, but she's just being able to move people in the position for her to get her way. And essentially we both know, man, that's, that's, that's what life is, man. It's about you putting yourself in a position to where you can get your way. So we incorporate that in our family life. Um, just, it's just nonstop, nonstop. Yeah. I love it, man. That's great. So I need to do that too. I'm going to copy you. (laughs) So, so along the lines of, you know, sales and family life, how have you found, um, being in, in remote sales for family life? Have you, has it been good for family life? Would you say? What a question. I think that's a great question, man. So, I mean, I feel like sales is just relevant to family life for several reasons, actually. So for one, sales requires you to be an effective communicator, right? I know you understand that, but because you have to deal with so many diverse clients and prospects, it just naturally improves your communication. So the skills you acquire, like, um, I don't know, active listening, empathy, clear articulation, which I'm still working on sometimes, right, can greatly enhance your communication abilities with your family. Because now you can express your thoughts better, you can express your emotions better, and you can understand your family's perspective a little bit more as you kind of navigate the challenges and kind of navigate the conflicts that come with every family. So, uh, and sales also, you know, it enhances your negotiation skills, like one of my favorite parts. So we know negotiation is vital to sales. So learning how to effectively negotiate techniques kind of you know, it helps you find win-win solutions for the family, man. So I'm super excited for it. I, I think um, it's just something that you do. A lot of people try to turn it on, but you don't need to turn it on. It's omnipresent in my eyes. So True. Yeah. And I think that's the best way for it to become second nature. You know, you to really master the skill of influence persuasion, right? Is it, you practicing it all the time? Because really, especially like I said, modern sales, what what we do today 
it can be applied across any relationship, right? You, you can sell your kid on going to bed on time. You can sell your wife on this particular vacation as opposed to that one. Um, you can sell your friends on what to do that night. You can sell anybody in a job interview on yourself. You know, the list goes on and on, right? Like it's the persuasion is part of literally any relationship you'll have in your life. So um, I hear you, man. I think it makes I think it makes people a better person, right? They they get thicker skin, um, hearing knows. They they become more empathetic, better listeners, etc. But yeah, when I was when I was asking you that question, though, actually, what I was thinking. Um, for me, at least, is the ability to control my own schedule has been something that I've really loved about working in remote sales, being able to like just block off like this time if I wanted to. Right. Um, has that been your experience as well or no? Man, I love it. I love it because, um, you know, back in my days of, um, I mean, you could take your pick. I mean, I worked in um, uh, automotive sales as well, where you actually have to be in a location and, you know, nothing wrong with that. No shame. But I mean, when you have a family, I mean, I have two kids and a wife. Um, I would rather be able to be with them. I mean, I remember closing deals when um, I'm out there in, in different parts of the world or I'm out there in different states. I mean, we were recently on vacation at uh, Disneyland for the whole weekend. And I was able just to step away for like an hour, hour and a half, not a long time, but be able to basically replenish what I spent, you know, spend uh, the money at Disneyland. <laughs> so, you know, being able to do that, I mean, it's it's amazing. The remote life is just, I mean, we're not going back. And I like to say that these times are the new normal. So I think for you to be able to find your footing in the new normal with all this stuff going on, I think it's a, it's a win-win and you definitely have done that, man. You definitely have done that. So, Yeah. That's, that's another great point is being able to work from home, right? Because then you don't have that commute. You don't have to be there. And like you, you got, you have a no show, for instance, a pop up on your calendar and you can walk out in the living room, you know, hang out with the fam for a little bit and then go back to work now an hour later. So you don't ever really have that option. If you were, you know, doing door to door, you were working at a physical office location or something like that. So that's a, that's a really good point too. But yeah, I I've, I've really loved it for, for that, for being able to control the time, work from home and all that kind of stuff. And you mentioned, you know, a new normal. And I really thought, you know, and I think it's true that the, the pandemic kind of pushed the, um, the remote work thing forward and made that a little bit more normal. But it seemed like after, you know, a year and a half or so, a lot of companies were like, no, 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 now you have to come back into the office. And I was like, man, really? Like, why? <laughs> you know, we all of us work on computers now and we have the internet. Like, I'm surprised that there was that, um, you know, it seemed like two steps forward, one step backwards type of thing. And so it's definitely more normal now than it was. But I wish, you know, we continued that trend a little bit faster anyway. Um, so... What do you think a most business owner, or actually, let me ask you this first, right? I like to say, and the reason I, I talk sales on this podcast so much, because this podcast is for aspiring dadpreneurs, people that want to make the leap from their nine to five into just being their own business owner, control their own time to really have freedom, um, financial freedom and all that so that they can spend more time with their family, right? But I like to push sales as the gateway drug, to entrepreneurship is what I like to call it. What do you think of that? Man, the gateway drug. I love that because it, it is. It is. It's a definite gateway drug, man, because you have you need sales. I don't I don't care what you do. It doesn't matter. You need to have an aspect of sales consciously. And I say that because we're selling all day long, right? Unconsciously. And I think the reason of why, you know, you and I are, are pretty good at this trait is because we understand it 
on a on a cellular level that this is what we do. So, man, uh, I agree with that. I think that that is an amazing tagline, and it's the truth. It, it is what it is, man. That is a gateway drug to entrepreneurship. You need sales. I mean, without the sales, there's no there's no economy, right? So, without closes, without things happening, there's no economy. So, you're absolutely right on that, man. Yeah, I think that some people, when they think about becoming a business owner or jumping into entrepreneurship, and no, I'm just saying some people, right? But some people don't really realize that sales is literally step one, right? Like if you do not, if you're not making sales, you don't have a business, period. Like there's some people that'll get into entrepreneurship and they'll kind of geek out a little bit on some product that they want to create or something like that. And they'll, they'll perfect it over time and just keep spinning their wheels basically without making any sales. But if you're not actually making sales, you don't actually get any feedback from the market either about what people actually want. So sales is literally step one. Like this is, this is the gateway. This is, this is the starting line. This is where you start. And then from there you start to talk to the market. You, you realize what people actually want. Um, you, you start to be able to sell people to work for you right? Start to sell investors and investing in your company. And so it's, it's step one. That's why I say it's, it's the gateway drug to entrepreneurship. So you, you have a ton of great experience with broad background in, in sales, different industries, um, you know, door to door versus remote, et cetera. So what would you say you've noticed that most people get wrong about sales? Man, that's, that's such a great question, man. So it's, it's funny that you actually say that, but I think people get Man, it's they get sales wrong because they think it's a profession. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but they think it's something that like you have to do or turn on, kind of like I mentioned before. Um, but like I was saying, it's omnipresent. Like I talk about this in great detail in my book. Like I, I have a book called Where to Go After No, right? And it's releasing at the end of July, maybe early August. I just have a couple more checkpoints um, with it. But sales is much more than what people think, man. Selling is a battle of convictions or belief. So Watch this. When my conviction to my proposition, my, I don't know, my idea, um, my thoughts, my products, et cetera, when they're stronger and more deeply rooted than whoever I'm talking to, I win or I get my way or I close, right? So that commission of that exchange is what I get in return. So a, a great example I love to use when people say, man, I'm not in sales. I'm like, for one, you're selling right now. That's the first thing, but I'll give you an example of how you're in sales, right? So before my wife was my wife, I had to sell her as to why I was the best candidate out of the bunch, right? So I was convicted enough to where she believed me. So now she wanted us to be official. So now we're in a relationship. That means that I closed and my commission is her being my girl. You see that? So as time passes by, I have to sell her again with my actions that I'm the one, right? So that's my pitch or my proposal. I'm the one, I gotta show up, you know, be effective, do all those great things, right? Show her love, show her tenderness and care. And then I propose to her, she says yes, that's another close. And now my commission is a life partner called a wife, right? So that process you can apply to everything in your life. I mean, you know, we all know Grant Cardone and he said something that was Simply amazing, brother. He said, when you meet somebody in your life that has more conviction than you have, you start to give up your beliefs and that's what's called being sold. So that statement alone, that's the reason why I know sales isn't just limited to a profession. And when you actually remove the lid, man, and really look into your life, you can see that sales is an everyday transaction that we're involved in. But 
some of us are conscious about it and some of us are not. Mm-hmm. I think the ones that are conscious about it, they become us, man. They're the people that know what they're doing. They're the people that can move and shake. It's because they know what they're doing. They know that they're conscious of it. So, I mean, you would agree with that, at least to some extent, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, man, you got my, my wheels turning when you, you said that Grant Cardone quote, especially because it's a hell of a quote. When you meet somebody with more conviction in, in, in life and whatever they're doing, you start to give up your own beliefs. I think that that's a really powerful quote and there's a lot there, right? Um, it's kind of that idea of you get what you expect type of thing. Um, and I, I never really made, I mean, I knew I, I, obviously I know that the, that sales is a game of confidence, a game of certainty, clarity, et cetera. Um, but I haven't really dived deep into that connection between sales and belief and like faith. You know, that's a, there's a lot there. That's a deep hole. I'm going to have to think about that for a while. <laughs> it, it, man, when, it, when I heard that one, man, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow, that, that is true. You know, somebody's telling you something and you have this belief and you're strong, Brandon. You're strong with this belief. But this guy seems like he believes what he's trying to tell you more than what you believe. So you start to go, I don't know, man, maybe, I mean, is he, is he right? So, uh-oh, the negotiation is happening. What's happening? Oh, I think he's right. Well, let me check it out. You're slowly being sold. And now when you believe that, he closes you. That happens in everyday life, man. Everyday life. So yeah. I'm happy that uh, Michael brings it you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard Grant say something like that before, but not in so much. Uh, I love that quote. Like I, uh, the way that you said it was perfect. That's really powerful. I think, like I said, there's a lot there. Uh, there's uh man. Yeah. Blew me away, honestly. <laughs> but you mentioned that you um, have a book coming out in July and it sounds like it, you know, the title you, you mentioned was where to go after no. So it sounds like it has yeah. to do with objection handling. Is that right? Or can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It, it actually talks about objection handling and just basically the whole thing that we were just talking about, about just, man, sales is everyday life. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy because, um, you know, I'm thinking about back to my, my early days when it comes to sales and I remember one morning I was asking management about some of these roadblocks that I was getting, like at the end of my presentation, right? I didn't know that they were called objections then, but um, I was getting everything from like the, let me talk to my husband, let me talk to my spouse or, you know, the classic, I want to think about it. And management and the guys that I was working with, they kept like alluding to the fact that like it was some kind of numbers game. And yes, you know, it has something to do with numbers, but they also blamed it on the prospect. And they even said there was probably something, you know, missing from my pitch. But, you know, just so you know, man, I'm the type of guy that I'll stay up all night to make sure that I practice, drill, rehearse, and make sure I get my pitch down. So essentially they didn't have an answer for me. Like they were like, man, just go find another client. And I'm like, wait, but what was wrong with that client? Like why? It didn't make sense to me. So after doing some research, I realized that there's a big difference between selling, right? Selling, which is presenting a product or a service or explaining the benefits or telling people what you have to offer and closing, basically getting them to move forward, getting them to agree with you or your idea. So this information had me like fired up. I was like, oh, wait, there's a difference. Oh, so I was excited, right? So the next morning when I told them like, man, like I discovered, you know, the last infinity stone, right? I mean, it's a joke, but I felt like I found something that was like, you know, going to help us. And the guy that, you know, has been working there for maybe 30 years, been in sales for 30 years working there. He was like, no, there's, there's not a difference. He defensively was like, you can close and sell at the same time, which could be true, 
But I mean, the sleep I lost the night before, you know, kind of told me that there's a difference in it. So I just went on this rant, man, about you can actually learn techniques on how to close a deal. Because people think if they're nice, people are just going to buy from you. And that's not the case. And one of the shocking uh, statistics that I want to talk to you about is, man, you know, the presentation is 80% of the job, right? Closing is 20% of the job. But that 20% makes up 100% of your income. So I was confused as to why we weren't focusing on that 20%. And I don't know, that's just kind of what was born out of, you know, my book and just kind of, you know, made me want to kind of hone in on that, you know, topic of closing. So. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And that's, I like that a lot. It's clearly true, right? That closing, actually getting people to pay and to act today rather than to give you the smoke screen of, I need to think about it, or I need to talk to my wife or whoever is, is that that's, that's different than pitching, than presenting, than, um, and it makes me think of a similar like marketing concept, right? Like if you've ever heard of like top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, right? Like uh-huh. the, the pitch would essentially be like a top of funnel or middle of funnel type activity where you're telling people about what you do, who you are, um, the results that you've gotten for other clients would probably be more like middle of funnel, but the, the actual conversion happens at the bottom of the funnel and you have to do things like give them some reason to act today. Like there's scarcity, there's urgency, um, there's a guarantee in place. So you're, you're reversing the risk for them. Um, all these marketing concepts to make them actually convert. So closing is, is being a conversion catalyst, if you will. Right. Is that, is, is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to focus on that. And it's funny, man, because, um, you know, for lack of better words, I, I got crucified when I, when I was telling them, like, no, you guys, like, I did the pitch perfectly. And they told me anything other than yes. And I'm like, well, how do we handle that part? Like, when they say no, what do I do? So that's why I thought where to go after no would be a, a clever title, because it's like, just like you said, that's that conversion is that's that's your income. You have to convert. You have to convert. You can be a nice guy all day and, you know, do a perfect, you know, pitch. And man, you're such, you're awesome, man. So yeah, we'll do this in six months. And it's like, you're going to sit there and go, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do you do? It, are you going to tell your family? I mean, you have, you have a child, right? You're going to tell your family we can't eat for six months or they told me to come back for six months. It's almost like, I don't know, man. I, I didn't want to be bullied like that. And I, I felt like I was being bullied. So I had to find another way. Man. Yeah. Yeah. There's some guys that say that, you know, the sale doesn't start until, until the first objection pops up. Right. I, I forget, you know, who, who was attributed to that original quote, but that's, there's somebody that says that, but there's other people that say that you, you should focus more on like objection prevention. So where would you say that you, you fall on that spectrum or what is, I'm, I'm sure the answer of course is probably it's a blend of both. You should, you should try to prevent it, right? If you can, but um, what are your thoughts on objection prevention versus objection handling? I love that. That's a great question, man. And it's funny because I believe that there are some truths to that, right? There's some truth to that where, yes, okay, we want to maybe handle the objections as we go. And that's one of the things that uh, my old sales manager was saying is you want to handle them as you go. But I do believe in my heart from just experience, man, in all these different industries that you can do this 
with your eyes closed perfectly, but there's still going to be some sort of um, doubt within the buyer's mind. And I really feel like if you can close, you can sell. I mean, you think about just in the high ticket space. Um, I mean, I would imagine that we're probably selling products, man, that we created our own pitch for. I, I know I have created my own pitch for. And it's because I understand the, the psychological aspect of getting somebody to move forward and agree with you. Right. So I believe that there are some, you know, you can close as you go. I believe that. But I also believe that you need to have a strong handle on handling objections. It, there needs to be a a strong confidence and conviction with that. You you can't just allow it for that because to me you're just you're you're leaving it up to chance a little bit. You're leaving it up to hope a little bit. Because what if you don't? What if you don't maybe handle everything there? And then now we have to do some isolation to figure out why they're not moving forward when you said your pitch perfectly. So that's the only thing I would throw out there that you can do both, but also, you know, focus a little bit, just a little bit every day. Focus on that part and how you can kind of get over that hump uh, with the customer that you're in front of. Sure. Yeah. It, what, what kind of popped up in my mind when you were saying that is that you always have the ability to master objection handling, right? Because it, it's going to come up during the call or, you know, it does a lot of the time. But sometimes with prevent, objection prevention, that's beyond your control, especially when you're working, you know, on for a per, particular company and maybe they're their appointment setting system, the sales process before it gets to you as the closer isn't exactly perfect, right? So there might be a situation where they don't do a great job of making sure that all the decision makers are on the phone. And what do you do then? Mm. You know, mm. so you have to be able to handle that objection when it pops up because the prevention part is act actually outside of your control. Now that said, if you own the company or something, you can put systems and processes in place to make sure that um, you are preventing as many objections as possible before they even get on the call. Right. That's but true. as a closer working for somebody else, a lot of that's just outside of your control. Like I said, you can kind of do some tie downs throughout the, you know, the discovery part, the pitch and et cetera, to, you know, make sure that you're addressing those things before they come up. But some of it happens before the call even starts. So the only thing you really have complete control of is your skills in objection handling, you know, at the end. So, so anyway, love the idea of the book, man. You definitely piqued my interest with that. I, I'm gonna for sure buy that and check it out. Um, and to that you, point, I'll send, you one, I'll send you one, man. I got you. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I want to support you, man. I'll, I'll definitely buy it. Um, and I think anybody listening to this hopefully should go check that out too. Um, is it gonna be on Amazon, by the way, or where is it gonna be purchased? Man, digital. It's gonna be an ebook, man. I'm excited for it. I'm. It's super cool. Um, Man, some of the strategies in there are amazing. Um, I have also a couple other products coming out. I got a lot of things happening. Things are moving uh, really fast, man. Uh, really, really fast. So I'm just excited for all the things to come. Nice. Nice. Okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely check that out. But on this topic of like objection prevention in sales systems and processes, what have you, because you've had a really good broad experience in sales, you've seen, you've probably seen all kinds of stuff, right? What would you say that most business owners get wrong in their sales process? Hmm, that, that is such a great question. Listen, business owners, 
watching this, listen to this, right? Listen, please, please. I think from what I noticed, right, in the different uh, avenues I've been in, the different industries I've been in, I noticed that most businesses or business owners, they don't have an actual like training regimen or training system for their sales rep to go through. So if they do have one, I'm not going to say that's everybody, but if they do have one, they don't put it into daily practice and going even further with that, they don't focus on closing. It's sales focused. It's pitch focused. It's presentation focus, right? And all these aspects are important, but rarely will people pay you for having a solid presentation. I mean, Brendan, what do you think you're going to say? Like, hey man, nice pitch deck, right? Like, did you make that on Canva? Here, take my card. I guess it's not how that happens, right? We have to encourage them to make a decision. So, you know, back to what I was saying, like, I think businesses, they don't really have a daily training because they think that selling and closing are the exact same thing, but they're two different legs two different skills. They are not one in the same. So I think the the aspect of training is what you do when you get hired. So they think that if they sit you in front of a computer and you watch a bunch of like new hire videos and you know, that, that girl that picks up the phone and she shows you like, you know, smile when you pick up the phone, like, you know, in a couple of HR clips, they think that that's going to work and that's not going to get it, man. Um, it, it's just, it's not going to get it. Selling is showing, closing means going. So we got to teach people to go. And I think that's what they're missing. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I think that's spot on too. That has been my experience as well, is that a lot of these, the stuff that's in place for the training is very highly focused on the pitch, essentially. Or this discovery, they'll give you plenty of, you know, information about, you know, a script or whatever for the discovery portion. But the actual part that matters, the part that gets the money in the door that causes conversions causes people to pay you is oh honestly i i don't i hate to say the word always but i have yet to see um too much in place in any business that i've worked with that like really truly addresses that on a on a really good level so yeah i think you're spot on with that that's a great point it's crazy man it's like then you think about how much money you're losing because now you have to outsource for sales training, why not have that in-house? It, it doesn't make sense, but hey, look, I'll take your money all day. It's okay. If you want me to train you, I'll do that. But it doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So tell us about your business, um, Endgame Strategies. Oh, man. Thank you. So my business, man, I, I, it's my baby, right? My baby, my baby. And uh, like I was mentioning to you, all the stuff that I was like kind of experiencing, um, you know, with the different sales companies that I've been part of and the different things I've been doing, I just, I really wanted to start something that had two aspects to it. So the two aspects are you can either A, close for a business owner, right? That's what I love doing. That's so much fun. Closing for a business owner, being that high ticket remote closer, something that's, um, man, to be honest, I think is a, it's the gold mine personally. I think it's the gold mine, but that's fun. But also there are business owners that don't have sales teams. So what do they do? They're the ones that are actually, you know, on the front line. So I do one-on-ones as well, but helping them basically get over the hump and helping them in teaching them rather where to go after no two. So I call it in-game strategies because that in-game, uh, that in part of that sale, man, that's what's going to, you know, just help you go through the roof. So either you're going to make it happen or you're not going to make it happen. So that's where I came up with the name and where I came up with the company essentially. So is it kind of a consultative service where you come in and check out their systems and give them advice? 
Absolutely. So, of course, we would have a, a call, and then we would have the call. Tell me the problem, man. What are you going through? It's like, man, every time I get to this stage, I can't get past the stage. Or they tell me this. I don't know what to do. They told me to come back in six months. I'm like, they told you to come back in six months? Like, yeah. And then what did you do? Like, I came back in six months. Oh, did they remember you? No. Yes. Because you got to get them over the hump. Now, let me ask you, what is the reason why they told you to come back in six months? Well, I'm not too sure. And I always tell them, like, well, what is the most dangerous objection? And they start telling me, I need to think about it. Like, no. How about this one? No. Like, well, what is it? It's the unspoken one, right? The one that you don't know, because now it's impossible to close that deal because you don't know why they didn't move forward. So just teaching them little things like that, that I had to learn the hard way of missing so many sales is the reason of why, um, you know, I feel like I can help people, at least to a little degree. That's awesome. Yeah. And that falls right in line with what we were been talking about, right? Like what most business owners get wrong with their sales process. And I actually didn't even realize that. Like I, I wasn't sure exactly what your business was, but that, that makes total sense. So did you, I assume you wanted to start that just based on your experience working in different companies and, and noticing a trend there or what? Yeah, man, I just started noticing the trend. And then when I would, you know, just maybe go to another company, I would notice it was the same thing. And then it was the same thing, same thing, same thing. So, of course, you know, um, I think all businesses are made out of necessity. So when I saw that there was a need for that, I was like, wait a minute, I can I can do this. And I love doing it. I mean, it's an everyday, you know, thing that we talked about. I, I feel like it's such a it's such ingrained in our um, in our world that to be able to learn this technique can take you. To, to heights, man, you wouldn't even realize. Just thinking about knowing how to influence, knowing how to, you know, win friends and influence people, right? Knowing how to just be charismatic and maybe work a room can help you get those bigger opportunities that you're looking for. Or even if you're working, man, no matter where you work, work at Target, be a B, work wherever, you can still learn how to basically close, sell, and have things go your way. So yeah, man, that's, that's where it came up. Sorry, that's great. And see, that's such a perfect example of exactly what I was talking about earlier in the episode about sales being the gateway drug to entrepreneurship, right? So you had tons of skills that you built up and your various different experiences in sales. And at some point, because of all those experiences, you noticed a, a trend, you noticed a gap in the market, you noticed something that a, a problem that needed to be solved. Or it could be solved, and you had the, you had the tools, the ability to solve that problem. Boom! That's a business idea right there. It's a consultative business, which is a great business to have, by the way. Right? Like it almost seems like maybe everybody should have a, a consultative LLC of some type because everybody has specialized knowledge of some kind that they can offer to some type of niche audience. Right? But that's that's such a beautiful example of exactly what I'm talking about right there. You know, and so, um, perfect, man. I feel like that, that episode just fl flowed just perfectly. Like I wanted it to, <laughs> Good, man, I'm happy, brother. I'm happy. So wh what did you learn starting your, how long has the business been around by the way? It's so funny because the idea has been around for years. This is fairly a new company. So um, I'm super excited because just having the idea and then when I actually put it out there, um, you know, of course, I have some business coaching. And when I threw up the idea, you know, she was like, absolutely, that's a great idea. It's such a great idea that, hey, I'll be your first uh, customer because I need help. Like, that's that's how it happened. And it's just literally like snowballed from there. So, uh, man, it's, it's, it's crazy when you're in alignment, the opportunities that just come your way. It's crazy. If you feel like you're pushing a boulder up a hill, 
you should probably reconsider, um, you know, that maybe you're going up the wrong hill. So I had to do that after so many, you know, so many years, man. You know, of course you hear the cliche, uh, before you climb that ladder, make sure that the ladder is on the right building. Right. So that's how it happened for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It could, you mentioned in that, that quote, I like that quote as well. If it feels like pushing a boulder up the hill, maybe you're climbing up the wrong hill. That's a, that's really good because I think sometimes, you know, when you, when you realize like what your purpose is and you're, you're kind of in that flow state where you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Um, things just kind of end up working out the way that yeah. it seems like everything makes sense. So it seems like that was the case for you and that's great. That's awesome. So CJ, where can people find out more about you, about your business and or about the book if they want to buy that as well? Awesome, man. Everything, everything, everything is on my Instagram. So just go ahead and go to CJ, the closer underscore on Instagram. And I have all my links there and you'll be able to find it right now. My book's on pre-order as well. So, man, go get that. Go get that. If you don't know where to go after no, let me help you, brother. Nice. That's awesome. So guys, if you're thinking about remote sales or sales in general, it's a great place to start. Um, lots of opportunity there, especially because so many people are afraid of it, right? Like so many people are um, just really hesitant. They have a certain idea of what sales is. It's not like that anymore, guys. <laughs> Those sales tactics that happened 50 years ago with the high pressure sales and sleazy car salesmen, like that does not work anymore. And nobody does that. And anybody that tries to do that fails. So you know, it, it's not like people think it is, unfortunately, like that there's still that negative connotation, but it's such a great place to start. It's such a great place to start. There's lots of money to be made. You'll learn all kinds of types of skills that'll improve your life across the board. And it's like I said, it's a great gateway drug to entrepreneurship, just like you're seeing CJ with the book, building his personal brand, the consultative business, all that stuff, right? So, Guys, if you're thinking about making the leap from employee to entrepreneur, that might be a place to, to start, a place to look at. Highly encourage you to do it because I truly believe that we need more entrepreneurs in the world because entrepreneurs solve problems just like CJ solving a problem with businesses not addressing that conversion aspect, that actual closing aspect in their business. And there's tons of problems in the world. Nobody needs to be told that. So there's plenty of opportunity out there. Please join me, join CJ, make the leap from employee to entrepreneur, and we will see you on the other side.